Ultra. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, one end worthy of remembrance at a time. Ugh. I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And today we're talking about Minute 155, which starts with Theoden finishing his line from yesterday, uh, I know how to defend my own keep, and ends with Aragorn for the second time in this movie telling Theoden, you must call for aid. Yeah. And... Theoden's not really about it right now. No. He's uh he's performing some propaganda, getting his get getting his men pumped, showing a strong face. Um, but I don't know that this is propaganda. It's not I mean this conversation This conversation that he has with Aragorn is in public, but it's not like for the public. It's like very close. No, no, no. But what he says before that, like they will, they will break upon these walls, like wall oh, rock. oh. I thought you meant the end. I was just like, what? No, no, no. The 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 greater context of this this scene is like Theoden just trying to reassure his people. Yeah. I think because the... there's that shadow of doubt when Aragorn tells him how many men are coming in the throne room. Like when Theoden is not looking at Aragorn, he has that shadow of doubt on his face before he turns around, re-steals himself, and just let them come. Mm. And then he starts this whole this whole bit. The tour. Yeah. Helm's Deep's greatest hits. Not really, but... I don't... I That's to come, isn't it? I mean, I guess. <laughs> Theoretically, those are in the past. As this has been used as defense many times. Yeah, that's true. Because the Deeping Wall will fall. I'm very concerned about the hole in that... Um, what's it called? A culvert? The culvert? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like that really big hole that they walk right by at the very top of the inside wall? Yeah, so the design of Helm's Deep it also exists to imply that it's seen so much battle in the past. Yeah. Like they want to, they don't just want to tell us that and then show us a pristine castle, which you get in a lot of fantasy stories, really. Mm. Like in a lot of movies, because they're using an ex- a lot of stuff that was filmed in Europe is using an existing castle. So it's not all beat up. Well, that happens in sci-fi too. Even like, yeah, the the big one for me is Voyager, like Star Trek Voyager, mm. because like the Voyager will get like beat up in the previous episode, and then they just reuse the same shot of it, and it's like brand new. Yeah, it's just always the same shot. Of that's the why. Voyager. That's why I appreciate um, the new, or I guess it's not new anymore. It came out like a decade ago, but um, the sci-fi. Uh, Battlestar Galactica, mm. because as the series progresses, like the ship looks like shit. Right, and I mean part of <laughs> part of them not updating the way the ship looks from week to week is a budget thing. No, I understand that, but like, come on, man. Right. So Helm's Deep is just designed to look like it's battle worn. So that's why there's like that that parapet that Aragorn steps down out of when he says you must call for aid. Yeah. Like. Some of the wall of that parapet is just rocks piled back up. Mm-hmm. It's they're they're all broken apart. Also, all of this is like EVA foam. That would make sense. So, and none of it is like it's not actually pieces. It just has the lines carved into it, and then it's painted. Mm-hmm. 
Like, very little of it is pull-apart pieces of stuff. Hmm. It's just carved. But that shot where it sweeps over Helm's Deep with all the people walking around, I can't really see the line, except that I can kind of tell that the, the wall in the distance is CG or just pasted in. But they say in the commentary that there is CG elements to Helm's Deep and that there are computer-generated people walking around in this scene. But I can't really tell which ones are computer-generated. Yeah. It's really... So I don't know if they're just lying to me. I don't think so. Maybe it's talking about the faraway shot, because you can definitely tell, like, from a few minutes ago. Yeah, but they they mention it here, and, like, Peter Jackson... I think it's Peter Jackson in the commentary, and I think they mention it in the production commentary, too. It's just, like... So about half the people in this shot are computer-generated. Well, then that's a really good instance of using CG um, well, I guess. Like, that just makes it, like, one of the cleanest uses so far in the movie, because I can't can't really tell where it is in the scene. Right. We looked. It's very difficult to I mean, I didn't, like, comb over it with a magnifying glass or anything. Or, like, zoom in. It's also difficult for me, I think, because... If the shot was static, because the camera is moving, so that makes it a little more seamless because as the camera moves, it's hard to pinpoint or, like, focus on one Mm. thing. Or, like, I think it's meant to focus on Theoden as he's walking down the stairs. Yeah, he's definitely Because he's also, like, speaking, and he's wearing, like, the really pretty, like, green... Yeah, he's in his royal outfit. Yeah. His, like... Henry VIII's royal robe. Henry VIII? I, I could... I don't know. Henry VIII? Come on, man. Henry there's the like... Fifth? There's like way better Henrys. <laughs> way better Henrys. I don't know, man. I could see Bernard Hill playing like Henry VIII in a biopic. Henry VIII? No! I don't know, man. Bernard Hill, like... Dude, Henry VIII was like ugly. Maybe not like young Henry VIII, but like older Henry VIII. There's a reason he had like six wives. How many wives do you have? Like five? I don't. I don't even know. <laughs> Too many. I mean, also he was crazy and killed them all. But like, yeah, he's a crazy man. <laughs> and they called George the Third the Mad. What about Henry the Eighth? Right. I'm offended on Bernard's <laughs> behalf. I don't know, man. Maybe like. I just want to watch Bernard Hill do Shakespeare. Like also, just anything. I yeah, don't even dude. care. Do not even care. Especially the way, the, the way he says that line, the, the, line, the line in this such minute, an end. just if that is to be their end, I would have, I would have them make such an end mm-hmm. as to be worthy of remembrance. So the way he says such an end has such a Shakespearean quality to that. Just those three words in particular out of the scene. And he's so angry. Well, not angry. He's like, I think he's... He's really into it. Like he's... Yeah. Thayden's like living this this character in this moment. Yes. He's really he's really got the performance together for that line in particular, like out of these scenes. Like in general, yes. Theoden is just really well acted, but like that moment is just like so good. It's like a distillation of like all the anger and doubt just yeah. all together. I think the the way that I read the performance is that he is scared. But he is channeling that fear into something that he can work with. And, like, yeah. anger is easier to, 
to kind of like grab hold of and and then point and, it at the enemy. Yeah, right. Well, in this case, it's at Aragorn. But well, yeah, he's pointing it as a, at an outside force. He's not. He's not pointing it inward. He's right. pointing it outward. And he's not pointing it at his own people. He's pointing it at this this guy who keeps telling him to ask for help. And he's just like, I don't need any freaking help. I mean, we'll get we'll get the rest of that spiel on Monday. Yeah. But you must call for aid. This is the second time Aragorn has suggested this. Gandalf suggested it with him the first time. Right. But this is, and this is the second clapback. This is just like, Thaden's just like, no, shut up. I like how he grabs Aragorn's sleeve and like pulls him toward him. Well, yeah, he's like, we're about to have a private conversation. Yeah, it's like. (laughs) You and me, just you and me. (laughs) Nobody else. I can kind of see in his, um, the, not the performance, but like the actual line. Like, if this is to be our end, I would have them make such an end. I can see the, um, like, the Viking and Norse influence on Right, because it's a, it's a glorious death. Right, yeah. It's just like, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're going to Valhalla, shiny and chrome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wrong movie. Um, but. Yeah, man. Thaden is just doing his best to keep his people together. Mm-hmm. Be like... We got this, guys. Helm's Deep has saved us before. They're not coming in. We will outlast them. Mm-hmm. And Aragorn's just not buying it. Because he knows better. I like, there's a lot of poetry in this minute. Like, um, when he talks about how the orcs will break, like, like water, water on, on rocks, rocks yeah. on the, the walls. There's this... There's like this Gaelic poetry quality to Rohan in general. Yeah. That is just so beautiful to me. I love Rohan, everything about it. Mm. It's just, I don't know. It's all so pretty. Not just architecturally, <laughs> but also like the words that they use right. in, from a lot of the characters. Yeah. Like Aemer has that very poetic way of speaking. Eowyn does a little. Not not as much, but she also like doesn't have as many lines as. Well, Thayden. we we can now see where uh, Aomer gets all of his anger issues from. Yep, <laughs> and I mean, Wormtongue is also of Rohan and spoke in a very like sophisticated way, albeit really right. darkly. Right, but his his uh, his lines also had like a poetic lilt to them. Yeah, some of his lines were almost like sing songy. Yeah, the just the rhythm of them. You could probably easily compose them to music. Um, maybe. I don't know. Well, that's just kind of the way I feel about Maybe them that's sometimes. just the way that Brad Dourif spoke them. Maybe. He he seemed, he spoke in like a very together rhythm. Because like, sing-songy, especially when he was taunting Eowyn, like that's mm. almost, that almost adds more to the insult that he doesn't, is his voice... You know what I'm talking about? Like... Yeah. And, like, that's such a quiet moment, but even still, like, those... Like, those words are, like, poetry. hmm And he's just, like... He's just stabbing her with them. hmm Yeah, everyone in Rohan just, like, speaks in poetry. <laughs> just, like, I don't know why, but they, they do. Because Tolkien, man. Yeah. That's true. I don't know. It's just very nice. Like, and Bernard Hill just adds so much weight to everything he says in this movie. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't know, the, the lead up to Helm's Deep, I've always really, really liked more so than the battle when it comes to the movie. I mean, it's the whole movie so far. I mean, just from, <laughs> I, I mean, just this whole extended like sequence, if you were to take everything from them arriving at Helm's Deep to the start of the battle. Yeah. All of that, I've always really, really liked. I like the whole lead in once they're actually at Helm's Deep. Mm. I think like all the, all the scenes kind of pull things together in a way that builds the tension and develops character in a way that I've appreciated Yeah, since the first time I ever really like saw this or started to care about things like that in film. Right. Because we're learning a lot about Eowyn and Theoden and Aragorn throughout all these scenes. Right. It's not just building the tension. It's also like building stuff in because there's a third one of these movies. Yeah. I... Because this is the only way we really get to know Theoden. Right. So it's really important that all these scenes establish him for us really well. Otherwise, his death in movie three doesn't have an impact. Right. I agree with that. I just... I... I feel like this movie... Out of all three of them, granted we are not on Return of the King yet, but I feel like this movie, as we're going through it, is the most, like, bogged down. Yeah, I think... Even the theatrical, like... And you like second acts, so... That's true. Like, this is, this is why this movie is your jam, but I feel like it's a little... And it's it's tough to balance that the... You know, the need to move the plot forward, but also develop these characters that will play a big role in the third movie. Right. Because it's not just that you have to care about Theoden to care about his death. You also have to care about and sympathize with Theoden so that the ride of the Rohirrim is a triumphant moment for you as a member of the audience. Right. Otherwise, it's just like, oh, well, that guy's here. And also, like, the the relationship between... Theoden and Eowyn too is yeah. established in this movie. So I understand it's just it's 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 really difficult to like lay out all the puzzle pieces but also do it quickly. Right. Because you know the first movie already had to introduce us to a dozen characters. Right. And develop Easily. them and develop them enough that we care for the rest of the trilogy. Right. Right? Except, you know, we only had to care about Boromir until the end of the first movie. Like <laughs> As far as, you know, introducing him, giving him an arc, removing him from the story, right. mostly. Like, right. So, you know, ten characters have to be established and they carry through. But then, and like, then in this movie, for every, we introduce... like, we only lose, well, I mean, Gandalf, kind of. But we only lose, like, one character and then we gain, like, five. Right, exactly. And in this movie, we have to establish, like, the motivations and the personalities for Faramir, Eowyn, Amor... And Theoden. Right. Like, and they're all important carrying forward into movie three. Right. And then movie three only has to establish Denethor for us. Mm-hmm. And, man, do they do a job of making me hate him. <laughs> well, they did that already in this one. Right, but not in the theatrical. No, I yeah, I understand. But, like, since you're talking about the extended. Right. Like... It's like, man, did they already make me hate Denethor. <laughs> it didn't take much. In movie three, taking into account the extendeds. I don't think there are any new characters. No, because the only new character in movie three is Denethor, really. Right. 
unless I'm remembering wrong, but and I don't think so. And there's the the tumor-faced orc general. Who cares about that guy? He's important, but I can't remember his name. He has one. The mouth of Sauron. <laughs> I like that scene. That's a scene I was... Like, the mouth of Sauron thing is something that, like, I really wanted to see. And then it's not in the... It's, it wasn't in the theatrical version of the movie. Oh, oh. So, you know, that's a thing. And then when it was in the extended, I was like, yes! <laughs> that's funny. But, but yeah, this this movie, it does bog itself down some with the introductions, especially because the way that we're introduced to Theoden and Aemir and Eowyn and Wormtongue is initially separate from the narrative of Fellowship. It's separate from all those other characters. Well, I'm fine with the introductions. I, I just think it takes... A, a little too long to get from point A to point battle. That's fair. It, it does take a while. I think that this... It's because the movie is being pulled in multiple directions because they do have to show us Merry and Pippin every so often. Yeah, that's fine. And they do have to show us Frodo and Sam often. Right. So, like, you are being split into three parts. But we also didn't need the warg attack, even though it was a lot of fun. We didn't need that. We didn't really, like... Right, I... nothing is... Nothing is... The only thing that is gained from the warg attack is Aragorn getting a chance to see the army coming. Right. Which, I guess, adds to the tension. It, it gives Theoden a reason to be, like, angry and tense and doubtful. Like, more directly than just this vague threat that an army is coming without knowing the scale. Mm -hmm. And I think without that, it does take away a lot of what makes this lead-up work. Because they know the threat that's coming. They know what they're about to face. And if they didn't know, and the audience didn't like... and But the audience did, I think it, like, distances us from the characters in a way that I don't think serves this movie. Why? I... I don't know. I... I... I feel like the character of Theoden is served better knowing what he's facing. It makes, like, knowing what he's going to face and keeping a strong front for his people, it matters more that he knows what they're about to face by keeping a strong front than it does for him just keeping a strong front in general. Mm. I think it it has more weight because he knows that this is, like, a cataclysmic, potentially genocidal threat. But he still has to be king. He still has to be strong, he still has to rally what he has. Right. Okay. That's fair. I was just curious. Because I was, like, thinking about it, like, would that make the underdog element, as it were, uh, like, better or worse if they didn't know? I mean, underdogs generally always know they're underdogs. Yeah, I guess so. Like, and that, that's in a lot of stories, like, that's part of their motivation is knowing that it's a long shot, but doing it anyway. That's like what makes the underdog noble. Mm. And I think without that, it's just someone who refuses to give up. And that that's fine sometimes, but without like that added benefit of like them knowing that they're kind of at a disadvantage, sometimes they just come off as an arrogant jerk. But Captain America doesn't come off as an arrogant jerk. Yeah, but he, yeah, but he's also like noble in like... A different kind of way. like <laughs> Because, like, post 
Super Soldier Serum Steve Rogers. Yeah, but he has all the experience of pre-Soldier Serum Steve Rogers right, of being like, like, I can do this all he's day. Not at a, he's not at a disadvantage. I mean, like... Not anymore. With, like, crazy aliens and stuff. Yeah, but, like... You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I get you, but, like, that's because he had... That's because we saw him as the true underdog before that. Okay, yeah. So, fair. like... Without that, he does kind of, like, he would kind of come off as, like, arrogant because he he would just be like, yeah, this is no threat to me, whatever. Like, that's the way he would color that without, like... Without with, the context. Without of... the context of him being, like, this guy is, these these guys are, like, bullying my friend who is way stronger than me. Yeah. And I'm just like, all right, guys, pick on me. Come on, let's do it. I can do this all day. Mm-hmm. He's got to say that to Thanos before the end of Avengers 4. He's gonna. Right before he dies. And I will, oh. I will, I will stand up in my chair, but. <laughs> All right. To leave or just. No, like fist pump. I'll just oh, like oh. jumping fist pump right out of my seat. <laughs> and someone will be like, sit down, asshole. And I'll be like, screw you. <laughs> Steve Rogers That's is my, my boy. Man. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think that that would just rob the underdog element if they didn't really know the context of what was coming. And I, th- I think it really helps the tension that Theoden and Aragorn know. Mm-hmm. And because Aragorn knows, Legolas and Gimli know. Right. I love the look on Legolas' face at the end of this minute. Oh, I will be posting that in the group. Yeah, because if you pause it right as the minute ends. So funny. Just He looks like he's auditioning for the role of Derek Zoolander. Hey, you stole my joke from me. <laughs> It's true, though. I said that off mic. I mean, that was my thought. I was Ooh. making I was making the model noise from Zoolander while we were sitting here <laughs> looking at the minute. Just, hmm. Man, I was going to say it. She's got some blue steel going on. Man, men taking credit for women's advances. Yet, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's just so funny, though. Like, I noticed that it's just like, he's, he's got like a cat he's got face. Like, yeah, he's got like the cheekbones. So his, his lips are slightly pursed. He's just like, he's just like looking... Right past Aragorn, like, almost directly this at the camera. This is some, like, really good background Legolas face. Yeah. Like, the past three minutes. Yeah. Because <laughs> in the throne room, he's just like, oh, God. And also, he's just, I don't know, vaguely confused. Last minute, he's, like, poking into frame. This minute, he's just... <laughs> he's, like, he's just standing there, just over Aragorn's shoulder, <gasps> looking just almost directly at the camera. He's just, like... Hmm. <laughs> it's a little little pouty lips, just ever so lightly. Face down slightly. He's just like giving and it the eye. Work it. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know, really made me laugh when I was just like, what is what is Legolas doing? <laughs> what is what is Legolas ever doing? Just being beautiful. Yep. That's that's it. Just look at how graceful I am. Why male model? Dude, I hate that movie. But why male models? (laughs) Derek, I just told you this. I love that movie. It's so dumb. It's so funny. The the sequel is trashed here. It's so bad. Oh, God. Like, if you thought the first movie was dumb, the second movie would, like, give you a conniption fit. (laughs) A conniption fit? Really? It's... Oh, man. That was... Would I walk out of the theater? Yes. I've only walked out of one movie. I think you would. In my entire life. I straight, The only thing that made me laugh when I watched the second movie was Will Ferrell. Ah. I mean, it's it, Will Ferrell. That was it. It was the only thing that made me laugh. And this this running joke with um, 
with Owen Wilson's character, like not knowing who his dad is. And he says that his uh, his mom told him when he was a kid his dad was a beat cop, and his dad turns out to be Sting. What? A member of the police. <laughs> oh my god, that's so stupid. So, spoilers for Zoolander 2, I guess. <laughs> yeah, put that in the show notes. But yeah, that, man, that second Zoolander movie is so bad. Oh my god. But like... That's such a dumb pun, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so bad. And it, it it's like the whole movie leads up to it. Oh my god. Like, because he says it like in the first like 20 minutes of the movie. So... Stay <laughs> going back around. <laughs> We're from the website duelinggenre.com. If you are more into Movies by Minutes podcasts than just us, you can go to moviesbyminutes.com where you can find pretty much all of the currently running and completed Movies by Minutes podcasts laid out for you in one convenient place. As always, a special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Ed Foster, and we'll be back on Monday to keep talking about, well, your boy. My boy, <laughs> Thaden, and uh, whether or not he should call for aid. Yeah. Spoilers, he totally should. He should. Bye. Bye.